May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. These are the words of our epistle lesson this morning from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, wherein St. Paul speaks to us concerning spiritual gifts. And when you look at the context of the passage as it's contained in the whole, we find that it's both a passage of admonition and a passage of encouragement. In some cases, there were those in the Corinthian church who desired to vaunt their spiritual gifts while demeaning others. I've spoken about the church in Corinth in previous years. There were several divisions and prideful attitudes that existed within the church where they ranked whose gifts were better than others. And in that regard, this is an admonishment. But on the flip side, there were also those who were discouraged because they did not have those gifts which seemed to be more desirable. There were those who didn't think that they were as good as anybody else, because they didn't have the same gifts or talents. And thus this passage was an encouragement. I mean, these are probably the two most common reactions when it comes to being a part of a group or a part of a a people. These are probably the two most common ways we view ourselves and our abilities and our contributions to the whole. For example, at work, many will think more highly of themselves and their performance and abilities. And yet at the same time, there are also those who will think that they can't live up to the job. At home, some children will think that they're God's gift to the family and that they don't need their parents' input or help, while other children think that they're unworthy And they spend their life constantly seeking their parents' approval. There are those who think they are so much better than their spouse. While at the same time, the other one thinks that they can't meet the expectations of their spouse. And it happens in the same way in schools for our younger ones. We all know the cliques. Depending on what you wear or what sports you play or what abilities you have, it can determine how you're embraced or how you're ostracized. In some respect, one of Jesus' parables is true for each and every one of us. There's a bit of the proud Pharisee who prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like this other man. But there's also a bit of the publican who prayed, have mercy on me, I'm unworthy. And if truth be told, both of those tendencies that we have come from focusing and comparing ourselves to others. Our sinful nature makes us focus on others rather than ourselves, and not in a good way. I mean, if we think back to the Garden of Eden, what happened there? We're told that God questioned them about their sin, and Adam said, you know, God, the woman that you gave me, she's the one that gave me to eat. Notice how Adam blames the woman. And then he blames God himself, this woman that you gave me, she gave me to eat. And when God turns his attention to Eve, she also says, well, the serpent is the one that tricked me. 
Immediately, sin turned their eyes to another, but not in a positive way. And this turning of focus upon others can and will inevitably lead to a host of sins. Looking at another and defining ourselves by another can bring about a spirit of envy, a spirit of lust, a spirit of coveting, a spirit of lying, a a spirit of gossip, a spirit of pride, even a spirit of self-abasement. Oh, look at that person. Why do they have that when I can't? Oh, that person doesn't know their head from their behind. Oh, did you hear what that person did? What an idiot. How often have we said or thought things like that? Either that or how many times have we blamed other people for our lack of performance or our inability to accomplish something? Well, if it weren't for this or if it weren't for that or if it weren't for that other person, everything becomes external excuses. But today, we're bidden to put our minds back into focus. I mean, we could take a complex angle for this sermon in this passage. It's rich with a lot of stuff in here. Or we can take a simple truth to focus upon. And the latter is what I choose for us to do this morning. In short, we are first to recognize that God is at work through each of us. And then second, to recognize that we each have a value. We each have a a participation. We each have a responsibility within the whole. Listen again to what St. Paul says. And let me read it from the scriptures for us this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 to 6. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Who does St. Paul say is really at work here? The same Spirit, the same Lord, the same God. And in whom does God work? In all. No matter what the gift, no matter what the contribution No matter the position, no matter the person, St. Paul says that it is the same God that is at work. And St. Paul says in the verses immediately following our epistle that we're all members of the one body of Christ. Christ is the head, and we each are a part of that one body. Actually, in the context of, of nine different verses, Paul says the word same or one 13 different times. As the song that is sometimes sung says, we are one in the Spirit, we are one in the Lord. That means the focus is not on who we are as compared to one another, as much as it is on what we are one to another. We're all members of Christ's body, and we're all knit together with specific purposes. Just as our feet are meant for walking and our our fingers for grasping or our eyes for seeing, our stomachs for feeding. So we each have a purpose within the body of Christ. We are, in truth, instruments of his. Whether it be as a teacher, as an organist, as a preacher, as a child, as a teen, as an adult, a husband, a wife, a parent, an elder. In whatever role it is, we're instruments of God. And each is a necessary part. Each is a desirable part. And as St. Paul says, each is given for the profit of all. That's a radical mindset change 
for the Christian, especially for those new Christians who heard it in, in the city of Corinth back then, although our society is much like Corinth nowadays. The one who is baptized and risen anew in Christ says, no longer do you live for yourself. Now your life is lived for others. You no longer ask, what do they have that they can offer to me? But you ask, what blessings and gifts has God given to me that I can use to help them in their walk? We cannot escape this corporate nature of the kingdom of God. We are many that are made and function as one. And when we focus upon that, we're empowered to pour forth our efforts and our labors into the ministry and the mission of God's kingdom. In living for others, we can be kingdom seekers, kingdom strengtheners, and kingdom growers. So, beloved, let us hear and heed the words of St. Paul this morning. And let us take them to heart to both encourage and to embolden us in living out the life and mission of Christ's church, and that is living in, with, and for each other. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.